0: And on a Sunday, my ticket is a one-way. I'm about to play in the sky. I always knew you'd make it one day. Today was such a fun day. And I think that's the first. Time I, got
1: back. I, got I got out three the sky and the above
0: Ladies and Gentlemen. Deb Antich, and her four alchemy crystal bowls. Wow. That was awesome. So my guest today is a mental health and behavioral health, has a mental health and behavioral health nonprofit called Hologram, um, helping others live on. She's instrumental in the local substance abuse recovery community. On top of that, she's a juvenile case manager, or CASA, a court-appointed special advocate. Um, She'll stand in court for children that have been removed from their homes by cps which means she's an angel um she's a cfp a certified family partner who has been living with a child that has a mental health disorder and she's a healer whose tools are the supernatural her name is deb antich and we're so excited to have you on the show welcome to wazi circus
2: thank you for having me
0: so that was amazing
2: it's not me. <laughs> it's all I can't take any credit. I just hold the wands.
0: All right. And hey, what are the what are the wands? Where were you playing? Explain that whole.
2: So these are alchemy crystal bowls, which means they are ninety nine point nine percent crystal, and they have different components in them that give them different alchemies. And I was drawn to one bowl, thought I would get that one bowl. I actually went to go get a set of bowls and found out how ridiculously expensive they are. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and get this one. And the woman that I was purchasing it from had set up a sound bath, which is a healing with bowls that she chooses specific for the person or the set of people. And I ended up getting four of them. (laughs) 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 And I didn't – it is – One of the things that I study and work with is generational poverty Mm -hmm. and I have some real issues with generational poverty and my sister actually went with me for the sound healing and because she said that's how we are about not being able to purchase as many as I wanted. I was like, no, I'm going to break this right now. (laughs) And so I ended up with four and I'm planning on getting more. They're addictive. So yeah,
0: Nice so um, alchemy what what, what what does that mean when it pertains to the crystal bowls?
2: So like okay, one of them is um, for so my bowls are let me see if I can remember. Um, so this little gray one has to do with the sacral uh, having to do with the chakras. Okay. and then um, this one is the heart, this one is the throat and this one is the crown. And each tone is tuned specifically for that chakra. And I'm just learning about them myself. I heard, so I spoke at South by Southwest. I presented. I kind of got pulled in by an old kind of colleague of mine. And I heard a woman that was with our organization play the bowls. And I was just like, oh, my God, I need to have these. Like, these are supposed to be part of my next step okay and I ended up going up to Dallas which is where the woman was that she got the bulls from and I heard him and I just knew that they were going to come home with me
0: <laughs> immediately
2: yeah no question like and they don't it, it's cr- this sounds crazy I know it does but I hear and say crazy things all the time they pick the player okay so they picked me
0: I understand and it's the actual vibration of the sound that that is the 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 delivery of the healing is that right
2: yeah so um within the body there's different places where um, past traumas can be held this Mm -hmm. is at least this is for me and how I play them with the intention um, is to heal past trauma and Mm -hmm. so um, I can't explain it it finds it and vibrationally frequency I don't even know how it makes adjustments and I played them the other night and I recorded it and I listened to the recording twice on the way home because it was like six minutes long and I felt like I'd had a deep tissue massage wow. I slept so I've got some pretty severe issues with sleep last night it was 4.30 in the morning and I was couldn't sleep I hadn't slept and I put on one of those six minute recordings and I woke up like I, I it put me to sleep, and awesome. that's to me that's healing. So.
0: Oh, that is awesome. And what are the wands made of?
2: Um, so the wands, I am not an expert on the wands, so okay. I'm not good. You can't hold me to it, but I believe that they are um, wrapped with suede, okay. and it's probably just a resin inside. It feels like. Okay. But yeah, these are. Um, and I, when I bought them, I kept wanting to call them mallets. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, no, they're wands. And I was wanting to hold it more like that. One of the things with the bowls is um, I'm learning patience. And I okay. know that that's my next step mm-hmm. is patience and temperance. All of us. Yes. And um, so and control, being able to give up control to the bowls. So you have to hold it more like this and just gently. Instead of like this, do you know what I mean? Right, right. That was my so I kept referring to it
0: as a mallet,
2: a mallet, which is Mm. not the right word because you could shatter this, you would
0: want to strike the bowl,
2: yes, very gently.
0: And so, you had never seen them before.
2: I so I had seen them, um, played in a tiny chapel,
0: okay,
2: and um, a different type though. They were, um, a different type of bowl, not alchemy. Alchemy is like a very specific type, and um the energy that was created, like it felt like wind. In fact, I've played them before. Um, A lot of times I'll just play them and put my iPhone and just set it so that it's just filming the ceiling. And I was playing them, and the ceiling fan was turning. I had turned it off. The fan was turning, and then when I stopped, the fan stopped. Wow. So like, this is no joke. Like, The vibration that they put off, especially in a large space, is moving.
0: Right. Moving. And so, for a healing, would it be a circle? Would you be in the center, and people would sit around and listen, or how does how Um, would you facilitate?
2: It's real, God. It just every space is different.
0: Uh Do you know what I mean?
2: Like every space is different. The people that are there. um, I wanted to use the word dictate, but that's not the right word to use here. Um, Is like I would sit here with like a little semicircle. And usually, people will have like a yoga mat or a blanket mm-hmm. and then have a blanket over them and ideally have their eyes closed and um, like a little eye mask
1: mm-hmm.
2: so that they're, it's just like being enveloped in sound.
0: Right. Right. So, you said you do a lot of work with generational poverty.
2: Yes. Will
0: yes. May we explain that term?
2: So, um, generational poverty and generational trauma, it's genetic, it's passed down from um, there's. I'm not a big biblical person, but there's a biblical saying about the the sins of the father mm-hmm. going down to the seven the seven sons, seven
0: generation, right?
2: Right, and it's um, that's what I've seen is that okay. um, trauma and poverty, which is a trauma, yes, um, can be passed down from generation to generation, and
0: genetically, not not just behaviorally learned, but
2: it you know it's really interesting because people want to say it's nature or nurture, it's mm-hmm. both right and so the environment also has plays a role but the environment is created from the generation before because we all grow you know most people grow up with their parents and their siblings and i can it's interesting to see the impact that one sibling stepping out can make on the rest and um even whenever they don't even realize that they're being watched okay yeah so um
0: like stepping out on their own to like do something better with themselves or stepping out as in
2: to, yeah, to be able to um, follow the path that is theirs right. and not the one that is like one of the big things I hear right. a lot of my work is I'm doing what my father wanted me to do. Mm. I, I'm doing what my parents wanted me to do. And so when people are doing that, they're not being true to themselves. And right. so Be to true be, to self. yeah. To be able to say, Okay, I hear what your plan is for me but there's a bigger role that i'm meant to fill and for a lot of people that i work with um it's roles that are quiet um jobs that are uh i work with um people in recovery and have had issues with substance use and i find like i come across so many welders very specific type of work very you know singular work and then I come across people that are part of a big community, but like you have to, uh, what you just said, like to thine, thine own self be true. Right. Like if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Right. That's where things like disease come in, like chronic illness. Right. Um. I there's a really fascinating from study from just
0: not living your life the way it should be led. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. You were saying a study.
2: No, there's um a study called the ACEs study, and you can pull it up online. Um. It was done through Kaiser Permanente that uh, there was a doctor that was, he worked with people that were obese, like, but very obese. Mm -hmm. And he was finding that a lot of his patients would get, drop everything down to 20 pounds, and then they would start to put weight on again. And he was like, this is, why is this happening? Um, And he created this questionnaire. It's 10 questions. It's called the ACEs quiz. ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And how they affect us later on in life. So, um, if you find it online, it's the ACEs questionnaire. If you have four or more ACEs, your chances of having a chronic disease later in life, which can include things like substance use, obesity, uh, COPD, increase by 55%.
0: Um, from this ACEs to just four, mm-hmm, four? If you have to correct, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's the childhood.
2: It's in, uh, see, in my work, I do feel like it's also generational.
0: Right, right. You're and saying that.
2: This is new. I mean, this is really recent. And so um, there's more research being done around it. Right. But that um, so many different things can have an impact on who we are. Right. Especially our own. I don't want to say choice, because sometimes that's not, not a, a choice. Not right. a choice. Not a choice. That, that if you're not doing what you know you're meant to be doing, you're mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for dis-ease in the body.
0: Dis-ease in the body, exactly. There's a book called this guy named Stephen Pressfield. It's called The War of Art. Okay. Not The Art of War, The War of Art. And he labels that exact force called resistance. Yes. Um, you know, procrastination, not living to your full potential is the leading cause of depression, disease, alcoholism, destruction of oneself because you're not living up to your own potential. And his whole book is saying that, you know, there's an angel, a force in the universe screaming for you to live your gifts and goals. And if you don't offer them up, you're actually robbing us of the experience of Mm -hmm. learning from you. So, you know, it is that intense to live your, live your dreams and be truly yourself. I mean, I have to do it. You know, we have to do it or you won't get anywhere. Yes. Um, would you say that a lot? Okay, so it's 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 both. You're saying it's genetic, but would you say childhood trauma may be the leading cause for the mental health disorders, and maybe substance abuse in our communities, or it's bigger than that?
2: I, so my initial response is that it's bigger than that. It can be boiled down to a handful of things. Mm-hmm. So some of like my personal research that I'm doing is um, around brain health okay. and. Because mental health to me is so overly, like too overly used, but brain health is more specific. And it right. feels like there is a stigma around mental health that isn't really present when you talk about the brain. So I'm sorry, I just, this no, happens sometimes. It's all good. I, and you'll see it happen. Right. I, um, like the students that I work with, I'll tell them, I'll be like, okay, you're going to see, I'll be talking and I'll just stop. Right. And it's like somebody picked the needle up off the record. So you'll see that it's happens okay. with me sometimes. But um, And that's some of my own mental health
0: stuff. Okay, yeah. So I was going to say, you yourself have been diagnosed with autism, ADHD, and have a dyscalculia. <laughs> a yes. Dyscalculia, we looked that up. And a penchant for mania. Yes. So you sound like most of my friends.
2: <laughs> I probably am. <laughs> most of
0: your
2: friends. Yes. Hi.
1: I'm there. Right.
0: <laughs> so um, you were saying um, brain health over mental health and like how, you know, we um, maybe are you saying nutrition wise or spiritual wise on the brain health? Both. Okay.
2: So um, one of the, okay, thank you for bringing me back. Okay. Um, a big thing is not, we do too much as animals. Like, okay. I, you know, we're animals. Look mm-hmm. at what other animals do compared to what we do. Right, and really, we're doing. In fact, um, I just left one of those positions that you s- literally earlier this week because I'm doing too much, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I realized that I'm not dedicating the time to right. my family, to mm-hmm. and this now with this work has moved in. Do you know right. what I'm saying? So right. it's like something comes in, something has to go out. And yeah. so often I feel like we've been trained maybe in the last twenty, thirty years, that oh no, you just do 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 do. Right. But that's not what we're supposed to be doing.
0: No. We should have balance.
2: Yeah. <clears throat>
0: and I, I had to struggle to find that in my own life. Um I skydive professionally. I work in the um indoor skydiving world. Uh, I'm writing a book. Uh, I've got a family that is full-time, 100% all on board. And finding that balance took me years, and it's always a struggle on one side or the other. Uh, I was told once by a good friend that you juggle three balls. It's your health, uh, your finances, and your family. Yeah. And you can only keep two balls up at a time. But,
1: yeah.
2: but where does your spirituality come in there? Uh,
0: isn't that the drive, though?
2: Yeah, I think it's it, it's the vein. Right. It, you know, everything is in, If I feel like, And everybody has their different, what they're connected to. Do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, like, for me, it's connecting with other people on an intuitive level. It's no matter where I am doing that. Like, that to me, I don't really subscribe to a religion, but that's my purpose. Right. And so, um, I think if we'd see people just living more through their spirituality... Mm -hmm. and not to use that and i think that that's another word too that's just so overused um you know not this like new agey thing but like being true
0: well being true in your interactions with others period yeah being and being kind like because our interactions is 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 what our life is built upon without them you're you're nothing you don't even exist if you're not interacting yeah um you also speak about getting rid of negative energy do you have any trick to that can you walk in a room clap your hands and it's gone like Mm. it's tough to deal with everybody's dealing with it
2: um you know I just had this conversation with somebody about that the work that I do and I'm not a big protections person like I know and that that's just not me um I know that I'm work if I'm working in light darkness cannot come into where light is now have I been affected by other people in the past sure and do I Am I able to recognize that? Yes, and have I maybe been that person, like on the flip side? Of course we have. In the past, so, you know, it's not, I'm not like unicorns and balloons all the time, and there is the kind of like the darker side to this work, you know, that if I'm not taking care of myself, that I can, I'm not gonna say slip into depression because I don't have personal experiences with the mental health word that is depression, but um, I have to rest a lot. Right. And that's one of the things that I really push with like professionals that I work with is mm-hmm. where are you resting? Right. Even if it's within a day, where are you resting? And all I ever hear is like, Oh, I don't have time for that. I'm like, Mm, okay, well then call me once you've hurt your back. Or, you know, right. call me once you've had a traumatizing experience, like a car accident, or even you know, people think of trauma as terrible things like car accidents or like plane crashes, but someone can hear a child say to them, like, you don't have time for me. And that's a trauma. Yes. And there's different levels that come into every person where they are. And it's, you know, no trauma, no two people experience this, a trauma the same way. Right. Um, that goes back to kind of like that generational poverty, you know, if, um, Spoken in a lot of different places and I'll have someone go, well, I went through that and, you know, I'm fine. And I'm like, are you right? Are, because when people say they're fine, they're not usually fine. Right. So um, that
0: fucked up, insecure, uh, narcissistic and, and exhausted or so. I, I don't I never know.
2: remember the E, but <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes yeah. exactly. And so um, it is about not just saying, oh, yeah, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. whatever, But saying, OK, I matter now. But, like, we're not taught to do that.
0: Right. I met her now. Yeah. Um, Our mutual good friend, Allie Martin, who's been on the show, does a lot of good work also. Yeah. Um, And I had to ask her, how do you purge what you've brought in? Like, you can't fill up a room full of all this emotion and this past and not wallow in it and take some of it with you. So what do you do to get it? Or do you just, you can't bottle it up? I use it. You use it. I
2: use it. Um, I, lived experience is everything that I draw from all of the time. And like um, when I'm working with someone one-on-one, I always have something that I can pull from. Do you know what I mean? Like um, I just had a whole lot of different experiences. We all have. But we don't recognize them as valid. So um, lived experience feeds my present and future work. And I can connect with somebody through my lived experience. Like you mentioned me being a certified family partner that I can connect with another adult that has a child that has a mental health disorder Mm -hmm. because I've been there and I've walked that.
0: I'm saying with the work you're doing, the other people's stuff that that you that you swim through to Mm -hmm. help them. Mm -hmm. So you just take that on also.
2: It's not it's not for me to take on. Ask that question in a different way. Okay. Maybe I'm not answering it.
0: Right, right. I um, feel like I'm not. So I said this in another show. Uh, I was studying child psychology in college until I realized the stories I would hear and what I would, the emotions I would have to to be against to 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 do that job well, and I was not. I could not do it. Yeah. Uh, it, it would it would crumble me on the inside, and I knew that. Right, and I, I'm sure you take on things like that. How do you, how do you, do you just weep? Like, how, you know?
2: Well, so now that you've structured it that way, I can answer the question, okay. um, because I was able to hear it. Um, ADHD has a huge part in that. It okay. plays a huge role, because I'm able to be present, and then I can walk away.
1: So, just walk away.
2: like, I mean, yeah, and that kind of sounds callous, maybe, but well,
1: you, no.
2: I'm just it's one of the components of how I'm built, like to be able to be a CASA, that um, my first case was my child was the same age as my son. And some of the things that were going on were just heartbreaking. But I was able to, I think this is something that I've trained myself to be able to do too, is I can look at something neutrally and not emotionally. So I can actually look at a file and see all the components of it, but not have an emotional connection to it. And that happens a lot too in this work. Like a lot of times, not just the bowls, but like personal work that I do with individuals is, you know, the information comes through me and if I'm having a feeling about it, I know I'm not just channeling. I know that I'm not just letting the information come. So a lot of times I'll change my language. Like I'll say, oh, I feel, and then I say, no, wait, let me take that language off it appears that this okay. is what's happening. You
0: remove the emotion. Yeah. I need to do that in my life and my emails as we've covered in other shows. <laughs> All right. Um, so let, this this brings us to what I'm very excited to talk about. You're a clairvoyant. Yes. And an empath. Yes. And what was the other clair? you got a lot of clairs.
2: I do have a lot of clairs going on. Um, clairvoyance, mm-hmm. um, clairaudience. Clairaudience. That's and, what And. um, Claire Cognizance.
0: Claire Cognizance. Which
2: is just, um, and there's another Claire I never can remember, so I might get Claire Cog mixed up with that one, but just a knowing. Just whatever it is, I just know that it is. right. So, yeah. Yeah. I I also, I didn't bring it with me, but um, I also have a book that I draw a lot of pictures in. Okay. So um, maybe next time.
0: Right on. So so, um, I know it's part of your life, so you're like, yeah, clairvoyance what it is that is pretty big that's a big deal can you can we go into that at all or yeah
2: um so i'll say what again like clairvoyance is for me Mm -hmm.
0: um
2: it's and it kind of happens a few different ways for me um sometimes it's just the information comes in it's things that i'm gonna i'm knocking all over the place with these things i'm gonna set them down um People's information is around them all the time. And Oops. so a lot of what I do is I just pull somebody's information. It's, um, Einstein said it best that the ethers, you mm-hmm. know, that the that, that things that are in the ethers all around us, it, our information is there too. And so a lot of times when I'm sitting with someone, I can pull information from their past. I can pull information from their future. I can pull information from themselves at a different age. It's just it's almost like it's really funny because the way I see it in my head and I see pictures a lot, too. Mm -hmm. So um, what I'll see in my head, it it almost looks like little pieces of cotton all over all around us. And it's like I have a little fishing wire that goes up and down and like kind of pulls that little piece of cotton. And here's the information. And that's sometimes when I'm sitting with someone. It, it's so funny to me cuz i had um, actually a good friend of mine who was um, has been part of the supper club um she was she came to me i did a full reading for her and then she said oh wait a minute but i really wanted to know this and i was like why didn't you a, a why didn't you ask but b because
0: you're psychic they want to exactly see if you can just right. guess <laughs> and but see
2: it's not about guessing right it,
0: it's about a conversation and then building and grabbing the
2: so what and so I said, Well, I hear what you're saying. Like, I hear that you wanted to know this thing, but we're back here. Right. So like you need to work on this stuff. I have so many women that I'm not a big like love site like that's not my thing. I really do like to more work through things with people that mm-hmm. are um might be the block that's keeping them from being able to be in a relationship with someone. But um, you know, people are like, Oh well, how can I meet this guy? And I'm like, Oh, There's so much that, because you don't want to meet that person where you are right now.
0: Or they be there.
2: Yeah. Well, but that person is going to reflect what you're putting out. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's, um. I'm like, but this is the kind of person you've been getting, right? And they're like, yeah. And I don't like that. And I'm like, okay, well, then it's to do work for yourself that you're happy with who you are. Mm-hmm. so that you attract somebody that's happy with who they are
0: exactly not somebody needing something for you to feel and yes they're getting the same energy from you so it's like hey we're hitting it off we need each other but it's not the truth you need yourself
2: that's huge um co what's the word i'm looking for um whenever you're with somebody and like you all you can do is try and help them and
0: oh codependency code like, yes that's huge codependency code yeah
2: it's huge with substance use
0: Oh, yeah, it is. Well, you need you need an enabler for it to even mm-hmm. happen and then somebody to feel sorry for you so you can have your drama. Yeah. Right? It's a play. Yeah. Life is a stage. and Some people are just whining on it, you know, just love, just soaking it up.
2: And some people don't even know that that's what they're doing. Like, right. that. that's it's another to thing, too. Okay, yeah. right. It's like a lot of my work is just saying, because I can look at it from a different point of view. Like, one of the things that I um, found out I was able to do I can look at other people's memories from the point of view of the other person in the experience. Right. And so I'm like, but have you ever looked at it this way? And a lot of some, usually when people end up with me, they're ready to do something different. Like that is the one thing that I'm very glad about. And so, um, they're in a place to hear that. Right. And usually like we've done some work to where they're like, Oh God, I, yeah, I do that. Like, Oh yeah. And so, I'm just kind of moving pieces together and showing them back to them. Right. And then they make the discoveries themselves. I'm just the facilitator.
0: Right. Beautiful. Yeah. And would you say it's, it's an accumulation of bad habits that have, that have stacked up or is it, it's a mindset?
2: So, um, a few years ago I, I had a curriculum that was confidence building for girls. And then I was invited to do it with, um, with a substance use class, uh, uh, I beg your pardon, a uh, uh, DWI class, and so I expanded on the confidence building and created this curriculum called Unstitching, and it's about going back to past things, so kind of circling back to that ACEs piece, mm-hmm. and being able to undo that stitch because we we build trauma on trauma, and right. usually something has happened within the first years of first five, six, maybe years of life that we take. And it's usually a misperception, Mm -hmm. but we built, we continue to build our story on that. So so it can be something as simple as misunderstanding someone saying something, but that puts you on the road to, this is my thing that I'm going to carry and I'm, and nobody's going to be able to tell me any different.
0: And you unstitch to unravel it.
2: Yeah. So what I see Um, is there's going back to seven, you know, there's usually at least five people are anywhere between like five and six, maybe seven if they're older stitches when they get to me. And so I always look at it like um, a dog food bag. Mm -hmm. You know how like if you pull the string the right way, it just goes but if you don't do it the right way, you have to cut it or like you just end up ripping the bag open because you're annoyed. So unstitching is that. It's going back to that original stitch and just pulling it and then putting something new in it because like
0: Cause you have to replace it because yeah. you're unraveling everything they've ever yeah. known so you can't just leave them out there raw
2: yeah and you like it starts with something like something comes out something goes in
0: right yeah. right yeah yeah so what do you put in
2: um the answer that pops into my head when you say that is self love
0: yeah beautiful of course yeah of course that's what everybody needs you in... love yourself you'll love everyone else if you don't love yourself you won't love anything else
2: yeah yeah Perfect. Great. We're done. That's it. No, yeah. we're
0: not done. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many things to talk about. <laughs> um, um, earlier, I was talking about the the three the, the three balls of like life, and you said, "What about your spirituality?" Um, the spirituality is a base that you don't juggle to me. That is a baseline to me. That is mm-hmm. just is. It's it's so it's not something that could be manipulated, moved, or mm-hmm. you know, it's it's how. It's it's what gives us breath. I believe and within that then I was talking about the juggling but the spirituality I mean my spirit is very connected because I, I Can I can see the impossible being done because of my spirit. I'm like oh, we can do anything right? We're unstoppable no matter what it looks like, you know call things that aren't as if they are or whatever I'm not sure of the quote. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of the supper club you mentioned Yes. You used to have a circle of super friends, is what I call them, but they're other clairvoyant psychics, empaths, and you guys would meet monthly?
2: Yeah. So we would meet once a month in a local restaurant. We always did um, just local, no chains, you know, to be able to support. I'm huge into like supporting local um, and like being a part of that community. And so we would meet once a month and just have a psychic conversation, a conversation that you can't have anywhere else.
0: Right amongst peers. Yeah. That's beautiful.
2: I'm soup peers is like where it's at. Right. Like I'm anytime that I come across somebody that wants to put themselves out as an expert, I'm like that gives me like kind of a bad taste in my mouth. But right. um yeah, it's and because we're always learning from each other. Right. Like someone might come to a dinner that they're like, Oh, I'm not psychic and people say that all the time. Like so I'm like, okay, well if you're not psychic, can you accept that you're intuitive? Like, right. usually people can be more accepting of that, right? And right. Especially if anyone wants to kind of connect it with any kind of, like, religion, like, spirit, Holy Spirit, you know, universe, right. God. I mean, we're all connected to something bigger. Whatever
0: it is. Yeah, right. like,
2: just period, the end. And um, so we would just meet and support each other. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody, it kind of morphed a little bit. When I very first started it, it was actually because people that I was having readings with, their, their information was connected. And so I would be like, and that usually happens. Like people will come to see me in the word I'm trying to use is in a stream. So there'll be almost like a, an ongoing factor about like within five or six readings, you know, that uh, an ongoing theme. And so I just started thinking, why don't these people just meet each other? That would be even better because then I'm kind of like that channeling piece. What right. if they could connect as peers and, like, do healing work together? Right. And so that's what started the Supper Club.
0: Now, is there a, I mean, so, like, I'm trying to write a book, and I feel very weird telling someone I'm a writer. Right. right. Oh, God, yes. So what is the stigmatism on the word psychic? Like, how do you, like, I mean, you know, writing's an everyday thing, but being being in the supernatural realm it's got to be tough so for those people to come together it's got to be a blessing to like just to be able to look across and be like you don't think i'm crazy right in fact we can build on this reality right right so
2: it well it's just everybody's something do you know what i mean like find your people and if you can mm-hmm. say and still people won't say that they're psychic like i have a hard time saying i'm psychic because to me that says i'm an expert i'm no expert this mm-hmm. is just something that I'm able to do right. and that I've saw that and I'm like, well, I want to do it better and not better than anybody else, but the best that I can. I mean, To do
0: better work. You right. want to do good work. You want to do right. better work. Yeah.
2: So it's, um, yeah, there is a big stigma and it's so funny though, because I used to keep like my professional life very separate from my psychic life mm-hmm. and I actually have a really good friend who was, I did work with the school district and she was at the school district and I was, um, we had kind of met and become instant friends through the confidence building stuff for kids. And we were driving one day and I was wanting to tell her about the supper club, but I didn't want her to think I was crazy. I mean, right. you know, and so I said, oh, we were pulling off of the tour. I'll never forget. And I said, well, you know, um, I have this supper club for psychics, and she goes, "Oh, my best friend's psychic." So anyway, but, and I was just like, "Oh my oh, god!" Like, right? She didn't freak out. And well,
0: most people have a family member or someone yeah. who's psychic they know. So I have a cousin who can uh, see spirits like vividly, yeah. like like um, two minute conversations with the guy you're balling on the ground. Like it happens oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Right. So yep. he's he's trying to control it, but it's it's a reality in the world, but it's not really celebrated. I would say. It's more of like, hey, they're kind of weird over Mm -hmm.
2: there. Um, Definitely fringe. Do you know what I mean? Like, definitely outliers. But um, I don't know a whole lot of people that, like, actually step forward as intuitives or psychics that want to be in the mainstream.
0: Well, because they're going to ask them lottery numbers or when am I going to die or when am I going to get married?
2: That's my favorite. Like... And I've kind of figured out, um, I was listening to an interview with Rhonda Rossi, Uh and she said, you know, someone was talking to her about fighting, and she's like, I'm a professional. I'm not an amateur. And I was like, God, yeah, because that's the first thing people say to me is, oh, if you're psychic, like, what am I thinking? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: And so when they're like, oh, I'm psychic, what are you thinking? I always say, oh, do you want to make an appointment? Right. And then they're like, oh, no, You know, (laughs) or, or, maybe, Do you know what it's like? Just saying that, not in a way of like beat it. I don't want to listen to what like you're trying to. They may be searching. Exactly. Yeah.
0: They may be searching. Like so, people like it's therapy. It's a healing. Yeah. Right.
2: It if when anyone can be open to exploring, it's hard though because fear comes in. Mm-hmm. And people are like, but aren't you afraid of X? Right. You know, aren't you afraid of, and I've come up against, not against, I've brushed up against some things that weren't pleasant. Right. And, but it goes back to lived experience that I feel like that happened so that I could recognize it in the future.
0: Right. And it'd be a tool in the future.
2: Yeah. And so in that way, I'm really big about flipping, you know, like especially being autistic, Uh you know, everything is in a mental health disorder. It's like, it's just different. It's not a, to me, it's not a disorder. In fact, autism is a strength of mine. It's
0: almost like a bonus.
2: Yeah. And you have to know how to use it. Like there's certain things that I can't do. I can't be in a loud restaurant. I can't, it's Uh overwhelming to me. Right, And, um, I can't be in a place where more than two conversations are happening. And then if somebody like flicks on a TV or radio, like I have to leave the area because it's so overwhelming. But it's funny because someone asked me more than one person said, like, do you think that you're psychic because you're autistic? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I know they're connected. I definitely know that. In fact, um, I did, um, I used to have a radio show and I did an interview with, um, a neuroscientist up in Portland um, about uh, she's trying to she's wanting to prove that autistic children communicate telepathically especially nonverbal mm-hmm. with their caregivers and we actually okay. were having a conversation regarding an autistic child that she had used it as a subject and I began to see the autistic language and I had never done it before and I've never done it since. And, um, but not my autistic language because I'm verbal, you right. know, I'm so you're, high witnessing,
0: you're witnessing
2: like these co- things coming by and I was just like, my question is always show me more, like right. show me more, tell me more. Um, especially when I'm working with somebody and I'm feeling I'm, I'm not getting, it's like the information is here, but I'm kind of here. I'm like, open my field. So mm-hmm. that I can get to what I'm looking for, um but yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent That's so I apologize. Fine. That's bring fine. take bring me back no no no, <laughs> no
0: no we're we're good um i would l i would I wanted to get to the autism um discussion well, okay, so a second ago, you're speaking about the restaurants and the and the being overwhelmed, and i I f- believe that it may be because you're so hyper hyperly sensitively in tune. Yeah. Right. That the the static background noise that doesn't have any meaning would definitely rub you wrong when when you are so in tune with the emotional and spiritual, like the pure sense of it. Everything else will be just like crackly to you.
2: Yeah. It's additional information that I don't want.
0: They don't need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it's um, like tone. Certain tones are very, very disruptive for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And others very healing for you.
2: Yeah, like my bowls are all very deep and mm-hmm. that is like the sound of a cello or like whales it's okay. very healing for me right um the sound of, so my son is 17 and he loves rap and mm-hmm. like that hi-hat sound mm-hmm. they'll, he'll turn it on sometimes in the car and i'm like mm not right can't now not do it like <laughs> you're and he's like i don't understand and i'm just like i i can't do it
0: right yeah. right so i had um some twins on the other day, Connor and Casper Shaheen, really really good kids. And of course I brought up ESP with them. Oh yeah. And um not even a question. Of course, of course they're communicating. They're like, "Oh yeah, I could feel it, I could see it. It's more of a, you know, it's it's totally intuitive." Now, just a theory, but you know, um when a person is blind, their other senses are yeah. more heightened. So maybe for autism or their spirits heightened to scream out for their survival to get to get their caregivers in because like if they can't verbally communicate it but they still have the needs to survive they are you know living breathing spirits yeah. so you think
2: so one of the things that i'm finding about the kids that are here now is that they cannot put up with the bs they can't they it they it repels them to the point that And so a lot of my work, I'm going to say this, and I don't know how it'll be accepted, but I do know, because I do know this is true, but kids with mental health issues and kids that are highly sensitive, no matter if it's mental health or intuitively, they cannot do it in a way that is, what's the word I'm looking for, um, the only word that's, like, coming to my head, and I apologize, but it's, like, bastardized. Do you right. know what I'm saying? In genuine... like, it. They cannot do that. Right. And so, and this is the experience that I've had with many kids, is they would rather die than to do it that way.
0: And it they is, do it in a way that somebody's telling them to do it? In
2: a way that is in, um, ingenuine.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In, um, they just cut right to it. and so they can't do the dance and they don't it's not that they even don't want to like i've had a lot of people be like well they're just being defiant i'm like it is painful yeah
0: the bullshit is painful.
2: yeah it's just it's painful
0: i feel that a hundred percent i can't take it either i can't beat around the bush i need let's just do it and move on yeah i understand i understand it completely i wonder what that means all right um i'd like to say how lucky those children are to have you in their life somebody that has so much healing power with them like they're brought to you for a reason right and they should I mean they should be very grateful um I want to go back to the mental health discussion and I hate to bring it up but we're under a rash of school shootings mass shootings and the 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 mental health discussion in this country is not going very positive for Mm -hmm. the people that are suffering with these conditions yeah Um, the medications are coming under fire, which maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. The antidepressants, the, the additives to the antidepressants. Most of these people are on medication when it happens Mm -hmm. or off of a medication they have been on. Right. So they've been conditioned in a way. What, what, I mean, as a healer, I know you cannot fix this, but what do we do?
2: So you just use the perfect word. Everybody wants to fix something. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is, people are not, okay, so anytime that I hear or say anything that's true, I get a tingle from my knee down to my ankle on my left leg, okay. and that just happened. So um, people don't need to be fixed. Right. Now, there are adjustments that can be made. To be honest, so this goes back to someone that is living in a space that is hate-filled, or the other word that I kind of keep hearing is disruptive disruptive
1: mm-hmm.
2: to the self to like the psyche to the spirit um like that can't stand and so right the it's like things have been the ante has been upped do you know what i mean like um you know before it was just suicide now right. it's school shootings now it's
0: lashing out then right. suicide
2: and then but it's interesting to me too is that those things can be adjusted. And the, you know, one of the things, especially with social media, I mean, like, oh my God, you can't even get me started. But whenever people are like, someone puts up a comment and someone else immediately has to say, you're stupid.
0: Right. Just the attack. It's so terrible.
2: But one of the things that I'm seeing is that so much is a misperception and everybody perceives things differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that is that person's perception. Because of their background, because of their location, because of their family, that generational piece, because Mm -hmm. it's always been done this way and you just do it that way and you don't ask any questions. And like, what's your problem if you're trying to step out of line? Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's almost like these kids. So like kind of what I'm seeing in my head is like, they're spinning away. That's the only thing that they can do. and it kind of goes back to the ACEs thing. If you have years and years of this training laid on top of itself, your body is going to be at disease and your mental health is going to be poor. And it goes back to spinning out, spinning out and, and now wanting to have a even bigger effect than just me because what? just me doesn't matter who does nobody cares
0: who... anyway right. so why does just me even matter right if it's... someone were noticing something in a family member what would be a good step other than sounding alarms because stray come up in people's minds mm-hmm. you don't want oh. to be taken away and you don't want the stigmatism, come, stigmatism coming down on a loved one right. so maybe it's just hidden or just dealt with or put it to the side and go back to life and hopefully it'll fix itself, you know, like what but
2: that doesn't, but things I've just been talking about this recently, things that are hidden do not stay hidden. Right. So to just be like, and, and look at how well that's worked for us so far.
0: It hasn't. Right.
2: You know, it light has to be shined or shown into dark corners and light is love. Right. So, um, and it's understanding. And it's acceptance. Um, I was just at a, um, a, a family recovery training. And there was a woman there that was speaking. And I, so clearly I was like, people wa- just want their loved one back. But they have to accept that the person that they get back might not be exactly who has go- You're not going to go through something like this. And be that same person again.
0: Of course not. Right, I see what you're saying. You're
2: just not. And so to end, I mean, I went through, it's interesting because um, I went through an experience with my son that my CASA work was my training for this. Mm, To be able, and I got to a point where I was so emotionally overrun and worn out that I just got to a point where I was like, I have to look at this as if this is not my child.
0: Okay, right.
2: I have to look at this as a case.
0: And that's how you had the disconnect.
2: And yeah, and it and to look at
0: it objectively.
2: I. I had learned somewhere else, tools to apply to my own situation. Right. And that. It was priceless. Right. It was priceless, and so like that's what holograms. That's what the nonprofit is, Hologram, is um, helping others live on. Right. You know, taking your lived experience, um, mine as a certified family partner, child with mental health, and now um, and being so involved in, like, the recovery and, um, like, the word they use now for addiction is substance use disorder. Right. And I actually was um, speaking to a class, and someone said, oh, they always want to sugarcoat it. And I said, no, that's not what it is because people look at addiction as – Mm, what's your problem? Why right. can't you? Why can't you just?
0: Yeah, just, just don't do that. Right.
2: right. Like, but if you look at it as a brain chemistry disease,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is what it is, right. And then people are like, but what about if you don't ever drink or you don't ever use a drug? Well, then that just stays dormant, right. But it'll come up somewhere else, right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. disorders come out somewhere else, and so going back to being able to. Judgment is huge. Huge. Just going back to someone putting something online that my God, like a kitten video. And somebody has to say something right. negative about it. It's like, can you not just enjoy it for what it is? Right, and right. but everybody has to like put in that two cents worth.
0: Well um, this kind of goes back to what you were saying about I wanted my loved one back. People have their projections that they believe yeah. others should should be, and you don't fit that. They're trying to get you back in the box, Yeah. but that's not you, so when it comes to the acceptance. Like, if you don't accept who they're—the only constant in the universe is change. Yes. People are constantly changing. If you can't accept that new person, then you are going to try to project that old way on them, and when they step out of those lines, it's always— It's a control thing. You're going to try to get them back into control, but they're no longer that person. There's no way they can be what they're not. So it's going to be an unending battle.
2: And it's also about if I have to accept that you're different, I have to accept that I have had an experience as well. Right. And a lot of people, a lot of family members can't do that. That's why peers are so important. Someone with lived experience that is not right there in the inner circle of that person. Right. Because somebody else can come in and do the work with them that a family member just can't because there is all that judgment. And like. What reflects on me, that's one of the things that I see a lot working with kids is their parents are saying, well, other people are going to judge me because I did something wrong. So what? there's so many, like, different layers to kind of go through. Right, and then through.
0: within the family structure, everybody has their roles. Right. And if you suddenly don't feel like you fit, but you're still going to act to preserve the family structure, yeah. that could also be deadening to you.
2: And that's a generational trauma thing, too, right there. Right,
0: and then, then you, people in those roles don't want to see you outside that role, so they can't help you. Right. right? They see you within that role. Right. Yeah, so it's like a it's a cycle that can't be like it can be broken if somebody steps out as like you said earlier and they break the cycle yeah. and then the rest of the people see that it maybe it is possible to yeah. get out of that cycle. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. So, um, one more thing, the opioid epidemic that you're helping with in this country. Mhm. Um, lots of PTSD, mm-hmm. lots of ex-soldiers, lots of traumatized people from life, period. It doesn't have to be a war in Iraq. Exactly. It could be a, uh, an alcoholic parent. It can be an abusive parent, yeah. right? It could be a verbally abusive parent. They've yes. never touched you physically at all. Um, and it's also the strength of these new medications, period. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do, well, it has some to do with the experience, but they are designed to to keep you trapped are they not they they replace a a chemical balance that makes you dependent on them
2: highly dependent
0: so akin deb what do we do
2: so <laughs> going back to um and like i'm just gonna i just um earlier this week i heard i saw it or heard it two different times and i might say it wrong but Osam's razor do you know that saying no um it's. I think it's O S S U M's razor. It's basically the i the theory that the simplest out of a lot of different theories, the simplest one is most likely correct.
0: Simplicity is genius. Right. Ossum awesome so, razor. I gotcha.
2: Like the um, the idea of kiss. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people say stupid, but my kids. We always used to. I would call him Sam. Like, I would say, don't be a mess around, Sam. And so I always say, keep it simple, Sam. Right. You know, because that's neutral, right? Right. Um, but it's simplifying things. The basis of the opioid epidemic is despair.
0: We're true. Yes. And yes.
2: When someone is desperate, just like the school shootings, they will do anything. And right. when someone is in pain, and especially chronic pain, But one of the things, especially with fentanyl, which is Mm -hmm. um, a a hundred times more addictive than heroin. Um, And then you've got carfentanyl that is just like off the charts. But that is being introduced to people that don't know that it's being introduced to them in the form of other drugs now. Mm -hmm. And so we're on a, I hate to use these words, but we're on a really slippery slope and we're not anywhere near being done yet.
0: It's and it just yeah. it really
2: does take, um, peers play a huge role here. Uh, right. Um, someone that's been there, like someone that's been through the fire that can reach a hand back, do you right. know what I mean? And right. it's, um, because nobody's going to understand somebody that is addicted to any kind of substance better than someone who has also been, been
1: addicted. addicted to
2: a substance,
1: right?
2: So, um, it's, and you know, like as I'm talking, where I see it we do it in tiers we go up one tier and then we pull more people up and then we pull more up but it has to happen that way it's and it has to happen with love it just does like one of the experiences that um i have had is that i can connect much better with a peer than i can with a clinician because the clinician is looking at me through a different lens
0: a right. peer here is right.
2: looking at me as, oh, okay, this is my experience. What's yours? They're more. We're looking at me through the lens of interest, right. and not fixing
0: that a problem to be solved. Right. What's what's the problem? How can I fix it as a physician? Well, your friends just listening to Deb. <laughs> right.
2: Well, but also like, clinical is linear. This happens, then this happens, and I'm not saying anything about clinicians. I mean, right. I have known many amazing clinicians, but like the peer way is all over the place. Do you know what I mean? And it's right. sometimes while you're going all over the place, the people that I work with, they expect one thing. And when I don't do that, they're like, wait a minute. Right. Their, their, their judgment is down. Right. Their defenses are down and it's much easier to get someone to come along with you. If it's interesting right? and not someone telling you what to do, um, That's why, like, when I work with an individual or a class, I'm like, let's do this together.
0: Well, What you just said is someone doing this with you or someone telling you what to do. When somebody does it with you, I mean, it's like, it's a no-brainer.
2: Yeah. And it's also, have you tried this? Because this worked for me. Or maybe try this, not you're doing it wrong.
0: Right. Right. Or do set A, B, and C and then give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. Because
2: that works out great. Never.
0: No. All right. <laughs> so to wrap this up, we have a have a passion we share. Skateboards. Yes. Skateboarding. I've yes. uh, been on a board since I was five years old. I still ride sometimes. All my kids ride. Um, so awesome. So awesome. Uh, used to steal wood to build ramps before school, right? Yes. Uh, um, I've seen all the new Not skateboards. Not stealing. Stealing is wrong. Right. That was a long <laughs> time ago in the galaxy far, far away. Um yeah, you were instrumental in helping a lot of these skate parks locally get started and and brought to fruition. Yeah. Locally um, in Austin. Austin.
2: Austin, Texas, y'all. Um, yeah, so, and this was just, I didn't look to go and become part of the skateboarding community. Although I grew up with skateboarders, like mm-hmm. I, um, you know, because when I was coming up, um, girls didn't skate, you know. And so the only other thing for girls to do was sit at the top of a ramp. And I hung out. It was funny. I was just having this conversation with my son. I hung out with skaters, but I also hung out with their girlfriends. And I kind of feel like that's part of my training, too, that neutral eye of, like, being able to see it from both sides. Mm -hmm. You know, like, being at the ramp, and, of course, this was before cell phones, but, um, and one guy being like, oh, I got to go see my girlfriend. And then being on a different day with her and her being like, why isn't he here yet? And Uh. do you know what I mean? Like, seeing that and being like, Uh. dude, why don't you just skate? Right. That's why what you want to do. Why don't right. you just skate? And, I mean, like, there's so many reasons why they didn't, but do what makes you happy. You know uh, what I mean? And, or be with somebody that wants you to do what makes you happy.
0: So that's, like, the value of being on the fringe, to be able to look in and see all things. Yeah. Because you're far enough away that you're not wrapped up in it.
2: Yeah. It's kind of lonely sometimes, too, though. I'm that sure. That is one thing with, like, this work is um, people come to me when they need help. And then mm-hmm. they get the help they need and um, then they move on, which uh, is what I want. Is
0: what you what you're doing for them. Yeah. You're helping them, you're fixing them, but then there they go.
2: Don't say I'm fixing them. Okay.
0: I'm, not uh, fixing I, them. Uh, it,
2: I'm helping them. Right. Um, help themselves. Cool. But right,
1: yeah. um,
2: but so skateboarding. Mm-hmm. I my son started skateboarding when he was like five or six years old mm-hmm. and was like skating bowls by the time to- I mean like at seven. I mean, he was doing, it was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so um, I ended up working for the local skate shop just so that I could get paid in product. Oh, sick. And then.
0: He all, was riding bowls at 7 Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, where, was, where did you find?
2: He was dropping in at seven and like oh, doing sick. crazy technically like super skilled street tricks that like the older guys were like. I can't even do that right but that's how I got involved in skateboarding and then all the skaters would come and hang out at the shop mm-hmm. and then of we, course that's the hub yeah, yeah that's where you go and then um they ended up we got some funding in um Leander so I worked with the parks department to get that done and mm-hmm. um I actually ended up joining the parks board I was on it for like six years after that so it kind of led me in another direction but and then we got some funding in Cedar Park. And me and a couple of the older guys, because the kids don't want to show up to, to city council meetings, right. um, They, um, we worked with the designer who was New Line, and they were going to put a plaza in Cedar Park. But because I was connected with the local community, they ended up making it more of like a really big... I hate to say this because I'm not going to say it right, but more of like a flow bowl, so that it was all up, like a big, huge bowl that you could right. skate little spots. Right. So yeah, that was that. I'm really proud of that work.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. I'm really proud of all the work you've done. It's been so nice you being on the show.